Restaurant, Restaurant pub. On oh, my dick. Wow. On oh, my dick. Wow. Dictionary. <laughs> that's that's, that's the first day seconds. Unexperienced on my dick I've ever heard. Restaurant punk on my dictionary. There yeah, that, you there go. That Perfect. works. Nicely done. I don't get that. Nice. Chef so, Joe. All right. Chef Joe. Our boss, producer, director has a question here. for us. When you're behind the line, it, what circumstances is a necessity to turn a blind eye to? Interesting. All right, so, so we're going to run with that. Okay. Pete, did you understand what you just I asked? I kind of got the gist of it. So, Do you have an example? So our executive producer asked us, when is it uh, necessary to turn a blind eye in the kitchen to something? And the way I interpret that question is, I think we brought this up on another episode, that I worked in a kitchen at some point in uh, Philadelphia, and the chef asked me to put a steak in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And I refused to because I was a chef and it was against my inner feelings, my whatever you want to call it to do that. Chefiness. Chefiness. And I turned a blind (laughs) eye to that at a direct order because I wanted to get that steak out correctly. And him as an owner wanted that table to get their fucking food immediately. And I think... I think that's what it might come down to at some points. Like when you're in the shit in the kitchen and I know we've all been there. Sometimes you got to cut some corners to make it happen. Well, when do you turn a blind eye? When do you turn a blind eye when you're breaking down your station at the end of the night and you know, you haven't cleaned everything. Do you turn a blind eye? Of course you do. Cause you want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. You have an 18 top. Mm -hmm. All right. 17 of the orders are up. And you drop something on the floor. Do you pop it in the fryer for 30 seconds and say, ah, it's under five seconds to go? That's ballsy. (laughs) I can't say I've seen somebody do that for a customer. I've seen somebody do that for themselves before they clean the fryer out. But that's that's a a stretch. When in doubt, throw it out. When in doubt, throw Mm -hmm. it out. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. You agree with that, Joe? I know. Anytime somebody would ask me, how does this smell? I'm like, if you're questioning it, throw Throw it it out. out. Once or lo- feel free to eat it if you're confident. <laughs> Once you lose that integrity of dropping something on the floor and then trying to serve it to a customer, it's yeah, you can't call yourself that anymore. It's, yeah. yeah, there's that's no five second rule in the restaurant. There is field. no five second. I'm rule eating in the things restaurant. off the floor. That's that's for myself though. I mean, Joe, like, I what if it was a good call, buddy? It's like, actually, what if it was Wagyu? Oh, absolutely. Oh wait, for the customer, like in general, what if it was <laughs> something super expensive? That's very rare, like a black truffle even. Come on, Nico. You I know mean, the answer I'm to this. I'm just you sharing with some of those people you out there. You just want him, the young one, uh, to say yeah. something. That happened in the Drop it in place. the fire, man. It's <laughs> 150 degrees. Drop it in the fire for 30 seconds. I'm not throwing All the germs are gone. It's done. I'll Get over it. it. I'll eat it myself. I, I can honestly <laughs> say that there was one point in the kitchen when I was in uh, Philly, and I told the chef I dropped something that I really didn't, and I saved it myself because <laughs> i really wanted to try <laughs> yeah, I'm like sorry chef hit the floor he's like why throw it out i'm like no i'll eat it later oh that's a good one that's of course steak. i thought so she was talking also as well we could follow the same lines as um when you're super busy you're like nine checks up 12 checks up fourth of july weekend trying to make all the plates look as pretty as possible but you're so busy you're not making all those plates look as pretty as possible. Sure. That's where you yeah, kind of do a I blind eye to. Sure. Like, it's just, okay, as long as it's not like a slop on a plate, yeah. but, you know, you might forget some garnish or, you know, this, that. Well, that's I the think same that's, thing. Like, yeah. When you go to a breakfast joint, I just use breakfast because it's an easy one to pick on, but you're in the shit, you're in the weeds, and uh, 
you know, you know, the French toast needed to sit an extra 30 seconds to a minute on there, but you take it off to get the plate out or the poached egg needs to poach for another 30 seconds, but you need to get the plate out or the hollandaise sauce is broken. You don't fix it. You get the plate out. The bacon is not crisp enough. But you put it on the plate, get the plate out. Like, I think those are the corners and blind eyes. I think most restaurants hit, whether it's grilling the bread or cooking something one temperature lighter than it should be. All those little examples where I think consistency in restaurants plays a huge role, obviously. But those little inconsistencies may not seem big, but it reflects on the restaurant when it's day after day, week after week, people recognize that. And that's when they start going to the other place across the street because they cook it properly. Mm-hmm. Every time they go, all the time. Yeah. What about, um? let's just use pancetta as an example as well. You know, you ran out of pancetta, you got bacon, you crumble it up, yeah. pass it off as I've pancetta, right? Yeah. You think people out there really know the difference between pancetta and bacon? Uh, potato, potato, uh, decaf, regular coffee. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna be okay? I mean, it depends on. I'm gonna be okay. If that, if that what are you telling me? Okay. <laughs> well, look, I, there there are people out there. First of all, I know specifically one big company that doesn't serve regular coffee. They serve it. It's labeled regular, but all they brew is decaf. Interesting. All the time, because they're like, if you give a regular coffee to somebody that asks for decaf, all hell breaks loose. But if I give decaf coffees to everybody and they believe it's regular, mm-hmm. all is well. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's true. That's what they do. It was a catering company. <laughs> it's, it's, actually it was a ge- it's actually genius. I was going to say it off camera. Company. Wow. That's it. Yeah. And they, that's all they would do. So how do you, how do we turn blind eyes in the kitchen? How often do we change the oil in the fryer? Is there a set rule on when to change the oil in the fryer? Is it every day? Is it every two days? Is it every three days? Is it once a week? Does it depend on how busy it yeah. is? Is it, do you strain it out and then repurpose it? Do you get rid of it and put a new one in? So the question is, you know, when do we turn a blind eye in the kitchen? Uh, You know, when you're cooking on a flat top grill, all that grease, you know, you use it, you bring it to the bottom, you scrape it to the side, and then there's that little rubber on the bottom Mm -hmm. where you empty it out. Do you empty it out every night? Do you let it sit there for a couple days? There are so many ways to turn a blind eye in the kitchen. Uh, But sooner or later, a thief always gets caught. Mm Mm-hmm. The original question was, Peter, what was the original question? Uh, the kitchen turns a blind eye at points in times. What are those points in times when it turns like a blind eye? Like when it's a necessity. Yeah. So for our audience, when it comes to the front of the house, you can turn a blind eye to many things, but really it comes down to the kitchen is the quarterback of the restaurant. So for the truth out there for people is, is everything getting done consistent? I think in their dream world, everything is getting done perfectly we're all wearing plastic gloves we're not smoking cigarettes we're changing our fryer oil every hour we're scraping our grill every 20 minutes what's the difference between going to your mom and pop shop and looking at their flat top grill and it's fucking black on top and then they put your cheesesteak on top and as you're watching them you're okay with it because you know what you trust them just we trust our kitchens how many times do we go to restaurants and sit in a dining room and without even seeing the kitchen Do we just close our eyes and we, as a guest or a customer, turn a blind eye to what's going on in the kitchen? There has to be trust, right? So our obligation as chefs, line cooks, restaurant owners is to keep that trust going. Would you agree? Yeah. Yes. So Pete, what's our original question? Uh, When do we (laughs) cut corners? 
I feel like it's a broad question. And I feel like if you're asking in the kitchen from a breakfast, lunch, dinner, join, I feel like everybody's going to have different answers and they all have their interpretation of it. But as long as it's not affecting the health of the customer. Chef Nico, when have you ever cut a corner in the kitchen? Be honest. Many times. And that was back to my original, you know, give me a specific example of when you cut a fucking corner in a kitchen. Plating wise. What's that? Plating wise. It comes down to plating wise. Plating wise. Yeah, that's what it comes down to really. For if you have everything, all the tools you need, everything's good to go. Nothing's bad. Everything's proper for giving to consumer and you just doesn't look as pretty as it should be. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question before we sign off. Why aren't there more women in the kitchen? Joe, you're 22. And now that you're learning the game and you're getting into the game and you're, I believe you will be a restaurant owner within the next few years. Why aren't there more women in the back of the house kitchen? That's honestly a hard question. Because All right. So don't say another word. I'm going to look to my brother and I'm going to say, Peter, brother, younger brother. Why aren't there more women in the kitchen? Uh, I honestly feel like it's their choice and they view the kitchen as a male dominated area. I feel like it takes a certain type of person to work in the kitchen. And I feel like the encapsulation of that type of person is a male and not a female. Although when I was in Philly, I worked with a lot of female sous chefs, bosses above me and line cooks, and they work just as hard and just as great. Well put, Pete. Brother Nikos. Yes, sir. Why aren't there more women in the kitchen? I believe that we're demographically speaking of what we know to have more men in the kitchen than women in the kitchen. I know there's a lot of places out there throughout the country and the world that do have women. But if you're talking about a balance and a ratio, there are more men because I feel speaking for myself that there's a certain level of stress that someone can handle in the kitchen and women, not to offend, are more emotional when it comes down to it. And it shows more. And that's a scientific thing, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Uh, you're going to get Nico. You're going to get us. Nico, you, you reminded me of Ron Burgundy. You're going to get us canceled. But you know <laughs> what? On Lander. this note, before we sign off, I'm going to say that I agree with you, Nikos, 1 billion percent. <laughs> because when I asked Joe and my brother and then you, the first thing I said in my head was emotions. Without the fear of us getting shut down here at Restaurant Punk, uh, I'm going to say, <laughs> Wait. I'm going to say this. Don't edit this out. I'm saying that women are superior when it comes to intelligence and execution regarding men versus women. And I think if the industry was more um, flush with women, it would be better. Uh, You used a word in there called emotions. It's the only thing we have going for us as men. (laughs) I wish I could say that without laughing, but that's the truth. And, um, I'm going to leave it at that, but use the word emotions. And we talked in another episode about there's no crying in restaurants. Uh, Over 30 years, I've seen many women cry. I have not seen a man cry in front of me. So on that note, if this is our last episode, guys, (laughs) (laughs) we're fucked. Not trying to be misogynist. Women are superior. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) 
can say that. But in the kitchen, automatically clears your clears your name. All right, not a misogynist. Oh, for fuck's sake! I'm just saying. I never meant it to compare, but I'm just I've seen it myself first. There's no comparison. Women are superior when it comes to execution, correct? Intelligence and just getting the fucking job done. Cleanliness. Yeah, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? I think they would clean the fryer three times a week. Like we're men, we need to be babysat, (laughs) guys. Come on, we need to be babysat. We need to be babysat. Yeah, but at the end of the day. Okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up because I love Restaurant Punk and I want this to keep going. <laughs> I love you guys. For Restaurant Punk, Super Califragil is a cat That's me. Who are you? Uh, I'm just Chinita now. I got my chef name reversed. You, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are Chef Chinito and your channel's fucking banging. I'm Pete. Pete Nico. what? Pete Cockenballs. Who are you? Pete Cockenballs. Nico Nikos. Restaurant Punk on my dick. Shenari. Peace out. Nice. Love you guys. Peace. Out. Peace.